Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. Christ is risen. Christosanesti. I won't say the last one because I know you guys are not going to get it. Christo Aouka. Not bad, not bad. Zona di Aouka. You got the Aouka right. Zona di Aouka. This is, we're ending near the end of the feast of the Resurrection, Ascension, Pentecost. Yesterday was, or two days ago was the Ascension. Um, And now we're in the period waiting for the Holy Spirit, which is next Sunday. Um, Before we get into that, difficulties. I want to tell you a story. Actually, let me use the other microphone. This one's really loud. Mm-hmm. All right. Is that better? It's not a lot of noise in the back. Good morning, guys. How are you? There's a story I was reading the other day that I want to share with you as we get into this. There was a story of a father who wanted to teach his son kind of the difference between rich and poor. He wanted to kind of take his son and let him know because he was coming from a wealthy background. The father and his son, they were wealthy and and they had a lot of money and a lot of gadgets and a lot of toys and a lot of cars and a lot of whatever. But the father started to see his son not really on the right path. So he took his son to the countryside and he went deep into the country where there was really almost like no electricity, no gadgets, I believe it or not kids, no Wi-Fi. I know it's scary to think about that and no video games. And he went out to the countryside. The father wanted to teach his son, hey, I wanna show you how a poor family lives. So he took him there to the poor family and every day, He would wake up and they would have to go find their food from the garden. And then when it was time to have fun, they had a big field to run in and play with all the kids. The boy was going to town and meeting all the people and everyone was so kind to him and and everything was so friendly and he never had one iPad or phone or anything. And he just went and had fun and if he was hungry, they would go and get, you know, fruit from the trees. And it was one of those stories that he was taking like one week out there in this countryside and by the end of it, the father asked his son, what do you think about this week? He said, here's a couple things I noticed, is that the people in the city who have gadgets and are rich are not enjoying the freedom to go and play in a big field. I just have a small backyard and I barely go play in the backyard, but here in the countryside, I get to go and run and play and climb trees and, and have fun. And I said, the father said to his son, what else did you notice? He said, the people are so kind. Everyone is so kind and talking to everyone. And it was so nice. And, and, and he said, what else did you notice? He said, the people live in community. And they love each other. And everyone is very friendly and talking to each other. 
But in the city, everybody's busy. And he said, what about the food? He said, I think it's amazing that you can, the little boy is saying this, it's amazing that in the countryside you can get food whenever you want. You don't have to go to the grocery store and then get the food and whatever. You can eat freely whenever you want. So then the father asked the son a question at the end. He said, son, do you want to live like this poor person, this poor family? His son said, no. I don't want to live like this poor family. I want to live like that rich family in the country. Because in the country, they're not poor. They're rich. They're full of joy. His father was thinking he was going to teach him a lesson between rich and poor. The rich people are the people living simply, living in the country, living in community, loving each other. Here in the city, we have gadgets and we have social media and we have, and we're, we're missing the joy. We're missing the joy. A little boy could say to his father, I want to live like the rich people in the country, not the poor people in the country. And it just shows clearly how much we are missing this life of joy. Today, our Lord said something different. He said, ask and you will receive that your joy may be what? Who remembers the rest? That your joy may be full. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. I know a lot of us have missing the joy that is full. Maybe we, we get drops of joy from time to time, but the joy that is full, sometimes in our daily life, when something good happens in your life, what do you do? You say, wow, that's amazing, that's, I'm so happy. What if something bad happens? You say, oh, oh that's, that's not good. What if your parents tell you this weekend you're not gonna do anything? You get sad. But if your parents say, I'm going to take you to Mass and Nutton, we're going to go in a water park or whatever, you get happy. What if you have a fight at home with your spouse? You're sad. What if everything is good at home? You're happy. And this is kind of our life. When good things happen, we're happy. When bad things happen, we're sad. And you're probably thinking, Abuna, that, that's true. That's not joy. Joy is different. Joy is something internal from God that's always there. No matter what the circumstances. Happy, up. And then when there's not a good thing, down. That's not joy. Joy is something internal, no matter what. And today the Lord is saying, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So if you're in the church today, then we're all going to do the same thing. We're going to stand before the altar and say, God, you said ask. You said ask. You said ask. We're going to ask you. So our joy may be full. Now you're probably thinking, is it that easy? Is it that easy that I can just snap my fingers and say, God, I want joy. Give me joy. Well, let me go through a, a couple things here. First of all, I know you remember this verse from Psalm 16, verse 11. It says, In your presence, who knows the rest of it, is the fullness of joy. In your presence is the fullness of joy. That's what God is promising today. You also know the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians 5. The, the fruit of the Spirit is love. What's next? Come on, guys. You got to at least know the next one. Love, then joy. It's right there. The number two. Right behind love, which is the ultimate. The next one is joy. Right away. So the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, and so forth. Joy is not from things happening good at home or if things happen well at work. 
or if whatever is going well between so-and-so. That's not joy. Joy is from God. In His presence is the fullness of joy. Joy comes from Him. And that's what I want to go through. I learned an acronym years ago, and I mentioned to you before, and you know this, it's silly. Joy, J-O-Y, what it stands for. Do you guys remember what I said before to you? J stands for what? Jesus first. Good. What is the O? Enjoy. Others next. And what is the Y? You last. Sorry. So having joy, I, I learned this a long, long time ago, but I love it. It sticks with me. J-O-Y. What's the, what's the J? Jesus. Jesus first. Okay. What's the J? Jesus, Jesus first. What's the O? Others next. What is the Y? You last. Sorry. It just happens to be like that. But I'm going to explain how those three things will keep us in joy. Not happiness. Happiness, you know what happiness is? When something, think about this. Happiness, you have happiness with the happenings. If something happens good, you're happy. If something happens bad, you're not happy. That's not joy. Joy is from God. That's always present. Because the Spirit is always present. No matter what. So Jesus first, others next, you last. Let's start with Jesus first. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open up to Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16. There's a Bible even in front of you there on your, in your pew. If you want to open up Jeremiah 15, verse 16. This is Jesus first. Jeremiah 15, 16. Easy to remember says this. Your words were found and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. This is Jeremiah 15, 16. Your words, God's words, he ate them. And what happened when he ate the word? What happened to him? It says here, it was to me joy and rejoicing of my heart. When you want to put Jesus first, yes, liturgy is very, very, very important. But if you want to put Jesus first, you have to eat like Jeremiah. Jeremiah was eating the word of God. He was eating and joy was coming. He was eating and joy was coming. This is how you put Jesus first. So every day, when we even, even we've been doing a Bible plan together. I've been seeing you guys on the Bible plan, even though I don't see anybody writing anything. I'm the only one writing by myself everything. Where are you guys at? But there's a Bible plan we decided during the resurrection to do because we want to eat. Jeremiah ate and he was full of joy. Even though he was crying for the nation and he was like, remember Jeremiah was like, he was rejected and, and he was pleading for the people to, to turn back and no one was listening to him. But somehow he ate God's word and he was still having joy. Joy is coming from God, putting God first, Jesus first. Here's the thing, you can't skip that step. If you go to O and Y, it doesn't make sense. Jesus has to be first. You have to have a serious commitment, and same with me, to eating the Word of God every day, because that's what brings joy. That being said, the O, let's turn to Philippians. We're going to turn a couple verses today, and we'll be done. Philippians chapter 4, verse 1. So Jesus is first. How do I get Jesus first? I eat His Word every day, and joy comes. Joy comes. Philippians 4, verse 1. Let's read that together. This is for others next. Therefore, my beloved and longed-for brethren. This is St. Paul speaking to the people of, of Philippi. Therefore, my beloved and longed-for brethren, my joy and crown. 
So stand fast in the Lord, beloved. St. Paul called the people in that area, my joy and crown. St. Paul looked at the people around him as like a crown on his head. You know what a crown is? You know, like when some people say, you know, you know, in Arabic, there's a, there's a saying, it's the same idea, is when I'm, I'm going to butcher it in Arabic. It's Enea, right? When you say, like, I said it wrong, probably, my eyes. I give you my eyes. Do you know that saying? Who can say it right? Am I saying it wrong? Everyone looked at me, yes, I'm saying it wrong. <laughs> Basically, there's a saying that says, I give you my eyes. Here, St. Paul has his own saying, you're my crown. You're my joy. Crown is like, I put you on top of my head. I put you before me. That's what St. Paul did to everybody. He put people on, on his head, like above him, is my crown. So when it says, Therefore, my beloved, and long for brethren, my joy and crown, stand fast in the Lord, beloved. The people that St. Paul looked at, he looked at them as ahead of him. And if you keep reading Philippians, you can tell he says, I put others first before myself. That's why... I think it's important for every one of us to find time to look at somebody else. You want, you know what, here's the secret. If you want joy, yes, Jesus is first, but you're not next. It's others. Thinking about others in your day. When you wake up in the morning, how can I help my spouse? How can I help my children? Children, how can I help my parents? Hey, friends, I'm thinking about others next. That's how you have joy. You would think it's the opposite. Let me wake up. And let me think about what things I need to do for myself. That's, that's out of order. It's out of order. It's, it's not... Inc- Jesus is first. You wake up and you spend time with Jesus. You eat His Word. You're full. But next is others. You make others your crown before you. This is why when people go do a community service... How do you feel when you do a community service? You go and you help somebody. Joy comes. When you go to a mission trip, those who are going to Bolivia soon... You go and you come back. Some people went to Zambia and people went to Baltimore last year in Atlanta. When you go and you come back, full of joy. Why? Because you're focusing on others. You're focusing on others. When you help others, there's joy that comes. So I want you to wake up every morning, put Jesus first. I want you to put others next. I want you to think about today or this week, how those who are going to Macedonia, I know we're going to jump in the water park and we're going to have fun, but I want you to think about somebody else around you. Think about others next. This is how you get joy. This is how you get joy. Last thing. So what's the J? Say it all together. J is what? Jesus first. What's the O? Others next. What's the Y? You last. We hate that. You last. You are last. The verse I want to give you for you last is Philemon chapter 1. Verse 7. If you have it, you can open with me. Philemon. It's one of St. Paul's letters to Philemon. Chapter 1, verse 7. It says this. For we have great joy and consolation in your love, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you, brother. Let me give you the background. St. Paul is talking to Philemon. He's telling Philemon, Philemon, you're an amazing guy, and you're always refreshing me. You're always bringing me joy. So that's what I want to say to you is that when Jesus is first, others are next, you're going to get this joy back to you. It refreshes you. It returns back to you. There's a nice story 
And again, I might mess up the story, but here's the general gist of the story. There was a monastery in Egypt where a rich man was so thankful for the prayers of the monks. So he came and brought lots of fruit and lots of grapes. And he had a lot of grapes. He gave the he knocked on the door of the monastery in, in Egypt and he, he the, the, a monk opened the door of the monastery and then the the man said, Here's a whole bunch of grapes, a whole bunch of fruit for you, because you always take care of us. So the monk at the door received the grapes. And they looked like really, really, really good grapes. He really wanted to eat those grapes. You know how the desert is. When you eat fruit or anything, and the fruit there is not like the fruit here. But anyways, that's another point. So, he gets, so the monk at the gate gets the fruit. And he says, man, I really want these grapes. But he says, let me give it to the abbot of the monastery. Because the abbot is really the leader of the monastery. So reluctantly, the monk at the gate took the grapes and gave it to the abbot, the head of the monastery. So the abbot took the grapes and he looked at it and said, these look delicious. I really want these grapes. And then the abbot said, wait a minute, there's a sick monk that hasn't had a special treat these days. Let me... So the abbot says, he really wanted it. He said, no, let me give it to the sick monk. The sick monk took it. He was so happy. He wasn't feeling well. He looked at the grapes. He really wanted to eat the grapes. But he said, no, no, no. Every day when I'm sick, the, the cook in the kitchen, he always takes care of me and brings me food. Let me give this grape to the cook. So gives the grapes to the cook. The cook has the grapes. The cook says, wow, these look like really good grapes. Let me eat these grapes. You know the story. He said, but wait a minute. I can't really cook all this food unless somebody, the monk always brings me the food from the garden, the garden, the gardener monk. So he gives those grapes to the gardener monk and the monk who's always in the garden. And the monk said, these are really good grapes. We don't have this kind of fruit here. And the monk in the garden really wanted it. But he said, no, let me give it back to the guy who's always opening the door for me at the gate of the monastery. And the guy who's opening open the door, every time I bring food in, he's always there opening and helping me. So he goes back and gives those same grapes to the door of the monastery of the guy in the very beginning. And this is a true story, but I didn't, just like I'm giving you a summary of it. So he gives it to the monk at the door who first received the grapes from the rich man, who was thankful. And the monk said, wow, these are the same grapes that I gave to the abbot, and then it went all the way around, and it came back to him. And why I told you the story is because I love the story, first of all, it's an amazing story of how when you give and you help others and you let others have joy, it comes back to you. Guys, to be honest with you, we're missing joy in our life. I don't like to see you or myself or anybody walk around sad or disturbed or always broken. I want us to have the fullness of joy. Jesus said today, ask and your joy will be full. If full is not like a cup that drops, it's full. I want you to have fullness of joy. I want you to always have a smile on your face, not from pretend, but from really on the inside. A joy that no one can take away. But it has to be Jesus first. You have to eat His words every day. You can't, there's no way around it. There's no, the, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. You can't, you can't manufacture joy. You can't have a lot of money to say, I have joy. Joy has nothing to do with treasures or pleasures or things you have. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with Jesus first. And then after that, you know the, the rest. Others got to be next. Because God designed it for us to love one another. God didn't desire, design it for us to be selfish. Selfish, you actually are sad. But when I'm giving and I'm loving and I'm thinking about somebody else, always my, you know, it's like a radar. I'm looking around. Who needs to be encouraged? That's others next. 
Have a radar around your eyes and your heart, sensing, like even today after church, sense who needs a little bit of encouragement. That's others next. And I promise you, just like the monk at the gate, it's going to come back to you. It's going to come back around. It's always going to come back around to you. It's, it says you last, but you're always going to have joy. I'm going to always have joy. Because Jesus is first, others next. You will get, because it always goes and it comes back around. There's a song that I want you to pray every day in a different way. You know in the, in the Bay of Prayer book, there's Thanksgiving prayer. Who knows what's after Thanksgiving prayer? What's next in the Bay of Prayer book? Who knows? Psalm 50 or 51, depending on translation. You know that psalm has something that you pray every day that maybe you don't realize. In the end of it, it says, say it. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. I want you to pray that differently. When you're praying your prayer, I know you're praying every day. You said Jesus is first. When you pray the prayer book and you get to restore to me the joy of your salvation, that's what we want, God. I want him to restore you and me the joy of salvation. By the way, we're in the resurrection. The joy of the resurrection. The joy of the salvation that is coming to save us. There's a joy. Having a relationship with God, God is full of joy. Isn't it? And I don't want you to miss that. So when you pray that prayer, Psalm 51, restore to me the joy of your salvation. And today, in liturgy, when you're standing before the throne of God, in your presence is fullness of joy. He said, ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. So ask today. But what we're looking for is not things. We're not looking for fake joy. We're looking for real joy. I want you to have real joy. You can have joy when something good happens. But that's not what we're talking about today. Let's ask God for the real joy, the joy of the Spirit. So it can always be with you. Restore the joy of our salvation. Let's pray for one another and let's enjoy this time with God. And remember, Jesus first, others next, you last. Let's keep it in the right order. And let's enjoy our time with him. Pray for one another. Glory be to God forever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.